the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite your attention on this morning to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. The book of Jeremiah is such that we discover the calling of a young man to the assignment of prophetic ministry to speak on behalf of God. And in his calling, God lets him know that though I am calling you, Jeremiah, to go to Judah and to let Judah know that I'm getting ready to destroy them if they don't turn around from their wicked idol worshiping ways. But Jeremiah, in the message that I'm going to send you with and the messages that I have for you, Jeremiah, God says to him upon his calling, they're not going to listen to you, but I want you to go anyhow. Jeremiah goes on his assignment of declaring and prophesying to Judah all that God will for them. And as they continue to ignore him, because they have their own set of prophets, they have their own set of soothsayers that they're listening to. And they don't want to hear what Jeremiah has to say. And so they reject the words of Jeremiah until it gets to the place where God says, okay, Jeremiah, your messages are going to change now from warnings to declaration. In other words, it's not just a warning to turn around, but now it's going to happen. And so Jeremiah comes to declare the word that God is going to judge Judah. God is going to bring Babylon, the Chaldeans into Jerusalem, into Judea, and they're going to take over the city. In the midst of that, there's a king by the name of Zedekiah. Zedekiah is king in Judah, and Zedekiah doesn't want to hear the word of God. And so what he does is he arrests Jeremiah, locks him up in the inner court of the prison. Because Jeremiah has been telling Zedekiah that the Babylonians are coming. And about this time, the Babylonians have already set up siege walls outside the city. They've already set in place the opportunity that they might overtake and overrun the city. And right about that time, God sends a word word to Jeremiah and he says to Jeremiah your cousin is going to come to you and is going to offer you an opportunity to buy some land in Judah because you're the family member who has the first right of refusal and so as the word God came to Jeremiah here comes Jeremiah's cousin to offer him to buy land in Judah and God says what I want you to do Jeremiah is buy the land keep the deed and bury the deed because I am going to return Israel back to this land. 
Now, you need to see this picture. The picture is this. Buy the land, take your resources, and spend it on the land, even though Babylon is right outside the fence getting ready to take it over. I want you to go ahead and buy it because I have a promise to the people of Israel that even though I'm going to take them out of the land for their wickedness and for their rebellion, I am going to, after 70 years, bring them back to the land. But I want you to go ahead and buy the land and then bury the deed after you've gone through the whole process. So Jeremiah does what the Lord asks. He buys the land, even though the siege walls are already on the city. The Babylonians are already breaking through. He buys the land and buries the deed. Upon his purchase of the land and his burying of the deed, the Bible declares this prayer right after all of that transpires. That's where we are in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. When Jeremiah prays this prayer and the words are so powerful, a truth that I think it is critical for you and I to grab a hold of. Jeremiah prays, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched hand. Here it is. There is nothing too hard for you. Those powerful words of Jeremiah are a great truth that I think that you and I need to grab a hold of this morning. I want to speak to you just for a little while from the subject matter, there is nothing too hard for God. As I understand, in the process of praying this prayer, in the process of saying these words, it is an example of faith, first of all, but secondly, it is an encouragement to hope. In other words, when I declare these words in the process of my prayer, it encourages me and reminds me that my prayer has power and there's potential for an answer. What we're going to do is walk slowly through the verses. I'm going to break them up so that you can grab a hold of all of what Jeremiah is declaring in these words of this prayer that I believe that are so powerful that you and I can benefit from even today. First and foremost, if you walk with me, there are very words that Jeremiah speaks. There is nothing too hard for you. Let me go slower. What I want to do is get to the first two words. And Jeremiah says, there is. If I stop there at there is, our first movement that I want to look at is the open-ended probability. Jeremiah is looking, I just spent my money to buy land, land that's getting ready to be taken over by the enemy. But there is open-ended possibility. I need you to understand that when you live in this life, there always is a there is in your life. And the various comes to disturb and to disrupt the unity and the calmness and the collectiveness that you walk into that you'd like to be walking in most of the times of your life. Every now and then we come to the place where we face the open-ended possibilities of the there is, there is cancer, there is death, there is bankruptcy, there is foreclosure. There is divorce. There is infertility. There is joblessness. There is gay children. There is lying bosses and people who will stab you in the back. There is sexual misconduct and sexual abuse. There is adultery. There is disability. There is depression. There is mental illness. There is famine and disease. There is war. There is murder. There is grief. There is diabetes. There is lupus. There is sarcoidosis. There is AIDS. There is MS. There is OCD. CD, there is ADD, there is ADHD, there is IRS debt, there is more bills than there is money. 
There is single parenting. There is school. There is Sally Mae. There is Nellie Mae. There is a lawyer who says I can't make it. There is a judge who's already dropped the gavel and declared I'm guilty. There is open-ended possibilities to disrupt your life. In this text, as Jeremiah prays, Jeremiah declares there is open-ended probability and he shows to you and I, you can add all kinds of things. You can add your situation after the there is. I may not have touched it, but there is open-ended possibilities that put us in a place of uncomfortableness, puts us in a place where we need somebody other than ourselves to help us to get out of our situation. There is open-ended possibility. But then he shifts the prayer and he moves and adds a word that changes the whole direction of things, and that is the word nothing. Jeremiah says there is nothing. First of all, there's the open-ended probability, but nothing brings us to closed possibility. In other words, within my open-ended possibility, there's a closed possibility. And he says there is nothing, and nothing is a word that is all-inclusive. Okay? It shuts the door on any probability. Anything that you have listed after the there is, nothing erases it. And then he says, uh, too hard. There's nothing too hard. Not cancer. Cancer's not too hard. Joblessness, not too hard. Death, not too hard. Bankruptcy, not too hard. Divorce, not too hard. Singleness, not too hard. Uh, infertility, not too hard. Job loss, not too hard. Children who don't act right, not too hard. Parents that won't act right, not too hard. War is not too hard. Disabilities is not too hard. Lupus is not too hard. Diabetes is not too hard. High blood pressure is not too hard. God is able to close the door on, on your open-ended probability. There is nothing too hard. There is no thing, no thing in heaven, no thing in hell, no thing on the earth, no thing in the sea, no thing spiritual, no thing physical, no thing emotional. There is no thing too hard, no medical problem, no social problem, no demons, no house haunted, no issues is too hard. No thing is too hard. Even when God said, buy the land, but the Babylonians are coming over the fence. God said, no thing. It's too hard. Jeremiah prays this prayer in the middle of uh, watching uh, the Babylonians break through. In the middle of watching them begin to conquer the land. In the middle of watching them set the houses on fire. Jeremiah is praying in the inner court of the prison. Guess what? He doesn't have his freedom. He can't walk around like he wants to. But in the middle of all that, he says, no thing is too hard. Look at you and look at me who walking around with our freedom and we got the nerve to think that something somehow is too hard. But here is a prophet, a man from God who is declaring the very word of God and he prays a prayer. Oh Lord, there is no thing too hard. And so he opens and declares that there's nothing too hard for you. Now watch this. There is the open-ended probability. Then there is the closed possibility. And then he closes by saying, for God. 
That is the sovereign capability. In other words, your open-ended probability that you may add behind the there is, is closed when we declare no thing or nothing too hard. That only works because of the sovereign capability. In other words, the reason why there is nothing too hard is because of a sovereign God who has capabilities that are far beyond the problem that you brought in. Now what Jeremiah does in the middle of his prayer is he helps us to begin to grab a hold of who this God is that he's talking about. He begins, first of all, by helping us to see that he is the sovereign creator. It's right there in the verse. He says, you have made the heavens and the earth. In other words, Jeremiah said, now, the reason why nothing is too hard for you is because you have made all of this stuff yourself. In Genesis chapter 1 and beginning at verse number 1, we hear that in the beginning God created what? The heavens and the earth. Now, if God can create the heavens and the earth, if God is the one who, according to Hebrews, all the things that we see were not created by the things that are seen, but they were created by God, who is the ultimate omnipotent creator, if that is true, then what Jeremiah is trying to help us to understand that Hebrews chapter 11 conveys that God stepped out of nowhere stood on nothing and then he began to speak invisible things into visibility so that what you see is not made by what was here but it was made by a sovereign God who is the creator of all things now if God can stand on nothing and speak to nothing and cause things to come into existence I would declare like Jeremiah your problems not too hard He's the one who's able, watch this, to say to your problem, I need a battle axe. And even though you don't even know what a battle axe is, God is able to speak and a battle axe show up and begin destroying the issues of your problem. God is a destroyer of the bondages. He is a creator of the whole world. And if we're dealing with a God and talking to a God and praying to a God and asking a God, who created everything to resolve our problems, I would declare that there's nothing too hard. But here it is. It doesn't stop there. We're not just dealing with a sovereign creator. We're talking about an omnipotent God. Do you understand when we use this word omnipotent, it means all-powerful. It means that God possesses all of the power. Any of us who think we're somebody and think we have power, we only have what we have because he has lent it to us. And as the omnipotent God who made everything, he has all the power and therefore he declares himself, I am the God almighty because I have all the power. He tells Jacob, Jacob, I am Lord Almighty. In other words, Jacob, I've got all the power. And for those of you New Testament only saints that only read from Matthew to Revelation, Jesus declared when I got up from the grave on the third day, he, the Father, gave all the power into my hand. And so now Jesus possesses all power. I'm trying to help us. And so if he's got all the power, there is no power. There's no circumstance. There's no situation. There's no problem that he doesn't have power to overcome. He's not only omnipotent and sovereign creator. He's also an omniscient God. 
And omniscience means he knows everything. He is a God who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And I used to didn't understand that, but I've come to learn a little better what it means. What it means is before we get to the end, he already knows about it because he has that kind of knowledge. His understanding, the psalmist says, is past our figuring out. We can't even come close to the wisdom and the knowledge of and the know-how of God. And so some of us are sneaky and slick. So you have secret passwords. You've got hidden information. You've got extra cell phones. You erase cookies and all that stuff. But you can't erase any of that from a God who knows everything. I know you came into Kettering because nobody over here knew you. I stopped by to let you know there is somebody in the house who knows you. His name is Jesus. He knows everything. He knows where you came from. He knows the problems that you have and the problems you created. He knows the mess that you're dealing with because he's an omniscient God. There's nothing that you have that you're going through thinking about, worrying about that he already doesn't know. Because he's an omniscient God, not only is he omniscient, not only is he omnipotent, he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at the same time, which means while we're here, he's there too. In other words, you might be worried and concerned. Oh, I don't want to send my children away. That's too far. That's too far. I'm sending them out to college. They're going to leave me. My baby going to leave me. They're going to be on the other side of the world. Don't worry about that. Because while you're praying here in Maryland and talking to God face to face, because he is omnipresent, while your child is in China, there is God in China. While your loved one is in Missouri, while they're in the United Kingdom, while they're in South Africa, God is there at the same time while he's here. And while he's in all those places, guess where else he is? He's high and lifted up, seated on his holy throne. I believe the psalmist said it this way. Where can I go from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, behold, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, oh Lord, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and fly, Lord, I still find you there. There is no place that you can go. There is nowhere that you can be that he's not present. He's an omnipotent God, an omniscient God, an omnipresent God, but also he's an infallible God. I love this. See, a lot of times people get infallibility and inerrancy mixed up. Inerrancy means there's no error, but infallibility means you can't make errors. Woo! And the God that we serve is a God that cannot make mistakes. And guess what? When he called you out of darkness, he didn't make a mistake. When he lifted your feet up out the miry clay, he did not make a mistake. When you were born into the family you were born into, it was not a mistake by God. Even though you went through the trials that you went through, God was aware and he was walking with it right through it. God doesn't make mistakes. When he died on Calvary's cross, it was not a mistake when he got up on the third day it was not a mistake 
when he rose his hands and said, I've got all power. He was not mistaken. He is a God that cannot make mistakes. And guess what? If he can't make mistakes, that's a good place to put your trouble. God, I got a problem. So I'm going to put my problem in the hands of the one who can't make a mistake. There's nothing he can't fix. There's no problem too hard for him. There's nothing he can't do. He is the immutable God. He does not change. I am the same yesterday. Same God today. And I'll be the same forevermore. I am an unchangeable God. What I did for Moses, I can do it for you. What I did for the Hebrew boys, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, I'll do the same for you. If I did it for Sterling, I can do it for you. He's the same God. He has not lost his power. He's a God that doesn't change. If he has all of these attributes, when we pray, it might behoove us to remind ourselves when we bring our mess to him that there is nothing too hard for God. Do you realize that because God is omnipresent, because he is an eternal God, he can go back to yesterday and change yesterday so that tomorrow will be different than it's supposed to be. I'm trying to help you to understand there is no limit to what God can do, what he's done for others. He'll do the same for you. We've got to learn to pray like Jeremiah prayed and and declare before the Lord, there is nothing too hard for you. What happens at the end of Jeremiah's prayer is the the Lord responds to Jeremiah and he says this. It's in verse number 27, I believe it is. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard? Jeremiah Take the deed. Bury it in a hole. The Chaldeans are coming over the wall. You're getting ready to be taken from prison to a whole nother prison. But bury the deed in the land because I'm going to bring you back. And when you come back, you'll have proof that you own the land. I think that sounds impossible. But with man, it would be impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. And God declares himself, is there anything too hard for me? I almost hear God asking a question this morning. For you in your life, is any problem you facing too hard for him? I'm talking about money problems. I'm talking about marriage problems. I'm talking about children problems. I'm talking about it happened 40 years ago problems. I'm talking about nobody else knows about it problems. Is there anything too hard for me? When we pray that prayer, we encourage ourselves and we set our own faith on fire. There's nothing too hard for God. Fracture, pelvis, torn ACL, LCL, LCP. Fractured ankle, fractured tibia, fibia, nothing too hard. Torn abdomen, expected internal injuries, 
car ran you over and motorcycle blew up. Nothing. It's too long. Nothing he can't do. I don't care what the doctor say. I don't care what the lawyer says. You got to know the God of this Bible. The omnipotent God. The all-creating God. Some of you here today are living witnesses. God can do anything but fail. There's nothing too hard for God. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Almost every day, we continue to hear the devastating news from many countries inside of Africa that are in desperate need of... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.